Hi, and welcome back to the Beauty of Conflict podcast. We know you're busy, and we want to make it easy for you to understand how conflict may likely be showing up in a way that's impacting your team negatively. We've recorded the first three chapters of our book for you to listen to for free. Get your free audio sample at thriveinc.com forward slash free sample. That's T-H-R-I-B-E-I-N-C dot com forward slash F-R-E-E-S-A-M-P-L-E. Hi, I'm Chris Marie Campbell. And I'm Susan Clark. And today we have a guest with us, Marcy Rader, who believes that help powers productivity. As the founder of Rader Co., she helps executives and their teams banish burnout through practical tools and sustainable habits. Marcy is a multi-certified health and productivity expert, a digital wellness practitioner, three-time author, has spoken on five continents, and is part of the 1% of speakers worldwide with a distinguished certified professional speaker designation. That's pretty impressive. Off-camera, Marcy is married to Kevin, professional drummer and drum teacher. You can find her in Raleigh, North Carolina, doing walking meetings, drinking iced coffee, or relaxing in her infrared sauna. That sounds yeah, lovely. Nice. Can we have a coffee with you? Let's uh, walk. Yes. <laughs> but I want to know, do you still put the sugar in it sometimes or have you totally gone yes, off? Yes, I do. Of course. <laughs> I've never graduated to all black, but I did go from grande mocha chino to just one pump. Uh, yes. One pump of syrup. And that takes out about a third to a half of a cup of sugar. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, my gosh. When, I was yeah. surprised when you yes. showed that. I was like, wow. Okay. And I pour that amount of sugar from one cup to another in a presentation. I usually get some gasps. Yeah. This was my breakfast every day <laughs> for years. That's how I started my day. Wow. Marcy, how did you get, even get interested in this line of work? Tell us your story. Yes. I worked in clinical research for 14 years and I traveled up to 48 weeks a year. And at the end of that clinical research career, I was a corporate trainer and I had gone up the ladder as high as I wanted to go in that industry and also was tired of not seeing my husband. <laughs> traveling that much is hard on a marriage. It's hard on your body. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to start my own business doing what I loved doing with people on the side, which was helping them figure out their systems and their tools and better workflows. And back then, about 12 years ago, the term life hacks and work hacks was really trendy. And I even created this, my own special training at the company where I worked about work hacks and travel hacks. And I realized that what I was able to do, other people weren't able to do that. And so I just took what I was doing and decided to make a business of it. And I had no business business experience and none, like never taken a business class. But what I did have going for me is that um, if you're familiar with strengths finders, I am number one learner. I read so many books on business. I took courses and marketing and sales and business. I've always had some form of coach or another. And I didn't, I think because I was so naive as well, I didn't have the blocks that some people might in thinking, I can't do that. I was a hotel spokesperson for Extended Stay America Hotels. I I think that was my second or third year of business. I worked for them for two years, partnered with them. And I didn't know 
that a person shouldn't be a hotel spokesperson their second year in business. You know, I, I had that going for me. <laughs> That's great. I love great. it. One of the things we talk about a lot is the impact of stress related to all these things we've been talking about today. <laughs> I know, I think what I read, you had dealt with an autoimmune disease and a challenges of that. So I wanted to hear you talk a little bit about that because I think it was somewhat stress-related, if I'm... Oh, very much stress-related. So when I was in my 30s, I triggered... I say I triggered it because I was not living a healthy lifestyle. Hashimoto's disease and Renaud's disease. And I ended up having something called hypothalamic hypogonadal amenorrhea, which is a long way to say that I stopped having periods for 12 years. And it took about four, four or five doctors to get everything diagnosed. But the problem was I looked like the healthiest person in the room, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I was, I, I did all these sports. I was doing ultra, I was doing triathlons and Ironmans and I was traveling, you know, 48 weeks. And I was, and I, I was a very, the epitome of perfectionist and high achiever. Mm-hmm. And one of the mistakes that I made is that every goal I set it was not high enough. And when I reached it, I just made it a higher goal. Wow. Mm-hmm. And that's where these the reflection parts of the playbook was really impactful for me. And it wasn't until, I mean, I'm almost 49 and it probably took me until I was about 45 or 46 to really be able to relax and feel like I was a healthy person. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I just think that's, wow, I so appreciate you sharing that because I think so many people we work with, especially in the business world, it's a nine, you know, like I got to exercise, like even that whole exercise you were thinking of talking about. But if you do that at the expense of your own body and you don't know it, it's, yes, it's does more harm than good. So, right. Right. Well, even what you were saying, like noticing what you are, the successes that you are having, how important that is. Yes. I have a similar style of you and have similar problems that, that I have been working on to actually rig that. One guy told me this 20 years ago, he goes, Chris Marie, you never rigged the game to win. Like I'm always raising the bar. And so my goal, that's stuck with me. So I look for ways to rig the game to win so that I can feel good about myself. That is a very impactful way to say that. Something that I also recognize that I did is it was always someday. Someday when I get a raise, Hmm. I'll do this. Someday when I get this promotion, then I'll spend more time with my husband. Someday when I do Iron Man, I will back away, which I didn't. You know, someday <laughs> when I make X amount of money, you know, someday when I get this client, then I'll do this for myself. Someday, I would just let someday go by. I would just make it oh. some other day. Right. Wow. I don't do that anymore. I don't do Good. that. Cool. Um, yeah. But it's, cool. it's, I'm glad that I lived that life because it, it helped me to be able to understand my our clients better for one thing, but I have much more empathy for people now and and having being someone that has something that they have to live with for the rest of their life helps to understand others better. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of a motivation for your whole work in a lot of ways. Oh yes, for sure. You know, so you're helping other people. Oh yes. Cause if I would have had me (laughs) or if I would have had somebody that, you know, was able to get through to me at that point in my 30s. And then, you know, things could have turned out differently for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's um 
but it's okay. Yeah. I yeah. am not my story. Right. No, no, Bittersweet. no. Use yeah. your story for a reference point. For good. Yes. Your, yeah. Let it go. That's Thank that you point. so, so. <laughs> Thanks for sharing it with us. So, yeah. you know. Oh my gosh, you have to give us at least one travel hack for because we travel all the time. I'm just like I'm just like thirsty for your information. Yeah. We need darkness when we sleep. We need darkness. And hotel curtains never close, although oh, they don't. No, they never close. So I carry binder clips with me and I'll binder clip them. And you can also use the binder clips for other things while you're packing, or I'll take the hanger. With for the pants, and I'll put that on its side and I'll hook it that way. But that yeah. helps with the to get your rim dark. That's like an easy travel hack. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Very neat. What do you find that is like current today that you're helping people in their productivity? I want to go to what oh. I kind of tapped into in the playbook and from what you shared with us that a lot of this playbook is really helpful in helping. I wasn't sure whether it was both for managers and for direct reports, but helping them have these conversations that can sometimes be difficult and tricky because people don't always follow up on them. So I think that's what's in this new book of yours. Is that true? Is that true? Yes. Yes. And that's why when I first discovered your podcast, I thought, oh, because the playbook is about conversation, not just with yourself, but with your manager or direct report. So What Susan is talking about is what we call the Powered Path Playbook. And it is a digital and physical tool that combines reflection, planning, and prioritization. And I was using this for probably the last eight years, using these different prompts for myself. It's changed a little bit over time. And using them with other business owners and with my mastermind. And I would use other like planning type tools, but I didn't really have all the prompts and I didn't feel like it was something that my corporate clients could use with their managers. And in the last couple of years, we just launched it last year in November. What I've been finding is that my my people that are going through annual reviews or one-to-ones, they forget what they've done six months ago, let alone three months. Like they forget what they've done. They don't know how to brag about themselves, especially women. Yeah. You know, men may have this issue too, but it's statistically <laughs> women do not like to brag on themselves. And so we have prompts, biggest brags, smartest decisions, lessons earned. I like the term earned because we earn our battle scars. And it yeah. totally changes the mindset when you say, I earned the lesson of rather than I learned this lesson. And so we have these different prompts so that the direct report has it covered from a weekly, monthly, quarterly, annual standpoint and can go back and see what it is that they've done. What was my smartest decision in Q2? What were my big brags in Q1? But then the manager as well. So I work with um, a few biotech companies and biotech world. And there are a lot of managers who are scientists or are come from that technical cerebral world. And they don't know the questions to ask. And they just will say, I just let my direct report lead the conversation. Right. And it's messy that way. And they're like, I don't know what to ask. And I'm going to say, did you know, ask, have you asked them what their smartest decision was or who they helped or who helped them? And they're like, no, I have no idea. So this also gives them a template to ask these questions, because if the manager 
and the direct report know that they're going to be talking about their biggest brags, it's not going to feel cocky or arrogant for the person to bring it up. And it's also not going to be uncomfortable for the manager. And so we're just, we're so excited. We love it. And we have some really cool super users that are using it, have been using it this quarter. And they are surprised at how much they would have forgotten had they not been writing it in this way. I think that's so true. I think so often I used to work for a big consulting firm and you got the promotion or the raise based on what you did the month before or the week before the big review, because that's what's in everybody's mind. So Mm -hmm. I love this collection of data over time that you will forget, they will forget, and it creates a more holistic view of the human. It does. And also, even if you were to do these prompts, I have, I keep looking at it because it's right beside me. Even if you do these prompts by yourself, it's right. I walk the talk. Uh, Even if you were to do this yourself or or like you're a business owner or you don't have anybody that you report directly to, maybe you're a gig worker or consultant. Me, like having done this with the different masterminds that I've been in or different peer groups, or even I do this with my own team members. But I have a two friends that have been my business friends, and now they're two of my besties for almost the whole year, a whole decade that I've been in business. And every time we go through this, we learn something for ourselves by them sharing their stuff. And sure. we get yeah. feedback to them. They give feedback to us. They're giving the reflections and we're like making notes furiously because <laughs> we're learning stuff too. And so it can also be really good as for team sharing and team development as well. Yeah. And peer sharing. And yes, absolutely. Peer sharing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get the reflection part and I get the, I can also see how that can lead into planning. What about the prioritization? Yep. So the prioritization, we can only have three priorities. That's our max. And for a year, for a quarter, for a month though. Yeah. We, the playbook focuses on both personal and professional because a lot of times we tend to, especially if we're like high achievers, climbing up the ladder, business owners, we just focus on the professional and then the personal comes when it comes. We have three, three for personal and professional. And the way that I describe it is the annual priorities are like spaceship view. (laughs) The quarterly priorities are like airplane view. Mm-hmm. The monthly would be like you're on top of a skyscraper. Weekly, you're in the tree. And For daily, sure. you're in the weeds. Okay. That's how I describe it. Yeah, I love it. Okay. <laughs> so three priorities. So those could be like when I set my priorities, those could, are. am, am I keeping like the annual ones and I move forward on the quarter and then the week and the, that sort of thing? For the most part, sometimes you're, that spaceship view is so big that it's you do look at it like a funnel, but mm-hmm. there are going to be some months or maybe even a quarter that doesn't have anything to do with your big part or you finished it already. So like you actually did one. I have one in life. You ones already crossed off. I'm sorry. Annual priorities already crossed off because I did it in Q2. Yeah. Excellent. I cool. love it. I love it. Okay. And then how do you support people in the, let's go back into the middle one. So the reflection, what happens in the planning? How do you yeah. approach planning? Planning is like making out those priorities, but from a daily and a weekly standpoint, for sure. So in, in the playbook. She's showing us her playbook. I'm showing it. I'm, I, can't, I, I can't help myself. But we have time blocks. And so we have six blocks of time for each day. 
but we don't assign times to them. Like I've seen some planners will be like seven to eight, eight to nine, nine to 10, 10 to 11. Our brains don't work that way. And we had meetings here and we maybe only have 15 minutes or we had an hour and a half. So whatever that time is. So it's more looking at, okay, I have X amount of time for this block. What am I going to do in this block? And studies have shown that by actually being intentional about the block of time that you have, whether it's 15 minutes or 55 minutes, and actually thinking, okay, I have 55 minutes. What can I get done in this 55 minutes? And writing it down, actually writing it down and being intentional, you are more likely to stay on task. Because what most people do is they're just, okay, next thing. Okay, next thing. Okay, next thing. Which often dissolves into the default checking my email. I leave my to-do list by checking my email. Yes, yes. And your in your inbox is another person's agenda. I like your that. Your inbox is always another person's agenda. And so with the planning piece as well, we recommend planning a little bit ahead of time for most roles. I'm being general here because if you're in a global company, depending on your what you have going on and your, what your position is, you may need to check your email first thing. How Not first thing, get out of bed first thing, but when you first start your work day. But your first task of the day should be your task, your agenda. It should not be somebody else's task. And if we go to our inbox first, then it will be somebody else's task, (laughs) right? So you start with your, that's why the end of the day, we say, go to your next day and write one thing, the one thing you're going to do in that first block that's for you before you check your inbox. Because we want, our brains need to feel accomplished, right? We want to have a box checked. And if we are able to check something off, especially if it's a high priority task, first thing, then we're going to feel better the rest of the day. Because most of the people that come to us, they feel they worked all day and they don't know what they did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. I I am a planner. So I did planner junkie. So I did uh, a couple of years, like two, I like bought all these different planners and reviewed them. And now we've just gone to a bullet journal. So we Mm -hmm. just create our, we have our own system and based on, uh, but I love the, what I've always believed. And I don't check my phone when I get up and do my meditations. And then we do writing and then we think about the day. Then I check my email, but I love I, I don't like early morning meetings because it does feel like it's taking my, because that's when my brain's freshest and creative and I want to write or plan or do the project that's important to me. So I really resonate with what you're talking about. Chris Marie, I have to say something about that. So I am an early morning person. It sounds like you're an early morning person and you're like on fire in the morning. And several years ago, I was talking to a coach and she said, oh, I'm a morning person. I start my coaching clients and my meetings at 7.30. And I said, I'm an early morning person too. That's why I don't give it up. Because <laughs> I am not gonna give up my best time of day to, to somebody else in right. a meeting. So good for you. And we work with a lot of people who they come to, when they first come to us, they're checking their email in bed even. And before they get out of bed and I'm like, you are giving your bed. You are sleeping with your company. Do you want your manager in bed with you? And they're like, oh my gosh, the visual. Get that out of my head. And I'm like, but that's what you're doing. 
Yeah. I love it. Now I did notice, so I did watch the one, the version that you were talking about in terms of behavior change, I think. This is the video. But one of the things you talked about, and I think this is relevant to this, is how we don't usually even know how we're spending our time. So actually learning how to track what you were really up to. Because I think in the video you were talking about, most people say they work 40 or 50 hours a week. Nobody works 40 or 50. (laughs) You may, those, I thought, because, and you mentioned something called rescue time, or Mm -hmm. is that really an app or something? I didn't really- Yes. So there are a couple of them like that. Rescue time will actually run in the background and you can see at the end of the day or at the end of the week, how many minutes you spent on different websites. And like I had one client once that he swore he only spent about 10 to 20 minutes a day on the Huffington Post. (laughs) And he said, Marcy, I'm out there reading about Justin Bieber or something for more than an hour every day. He's I cannot believe this. I cannot believe that I'm spending more than an hour on having to post that. But there's, I use an app called Focus Booster and it's a track time tracking app. And I start it every time I am starting to do any kind of work task and I end it every time I stop. And even for me, I'm in this space and (laughs) I still track my time and I am always shocked. Like I'll be like, oh my gosh, I worked so much today. Oh, actually I worked six hours and 15 minutes. (laughs) That's, but that's what a normal person can work. When we say that we're working nine or 10 hours a day, you might be present nine or 10 hours a day, Mm -hmm. but you're not productive nine or 10 hours a day. It's very hard for people to be productive more than four to six hours a day. Yeah. And I I always highly recommend tracking. You don't have to track all the time, but at least track the things that you do consistently. Write a proposal. You're like, because I used to think I could just whip out proposals. Yeah. (laughs) I do not whip out proposals. It takes me much longer than I thought. And we just, we underestimate that all the time. Yeah. I really appreciate that because I had the same illusion. Oh, I'll just whip that out. And I'm like, so I'm really hurrying. And and I'm like, wow, this is taking me like probably an hour and a half, really. And I thought I could whip it out. (laughs) And so starting to schedule, no, Chris Marie, you're going to actually have to spend time on that. Yeah. And how do you help people like with the whole Zoom meetings, going from one Zoom meeting to the next? What's your coaching around teams or whatever? Yeah, whatever. Virtual (laughs) meeting thing. Yes. Meeting power-ups. Actually, I've sold two trainings this week on what we call meeting power-ups because it is such an issue. I never recommend going to the hour or the half hour. I think that all meetings should end at 45 or 50 minutes if they're normally an hour, 25 or 20 minutes if they're 30 minutes. There's nothing magical about 30-minute or 60-minute meeting. It's just the default in Microsoft. That's it. There is nothing magical about that number. And Parkinson's law states that we will take however much time we put on that calendar. And the other thing is we need that break because we need biology breaks. People need to go to the bathroom, right? We need to get a drink of water. But also there was this great study that they did and they hooked people's brains up to EEGs. And Mm -hmm. when they had back-to-back meetings... The the brain scan showed all this red and orange, which is stress. Mm-hmm. But if they just had 10 minutes in between the meetings, it settled back down to blue and their stress levels decreased. Because what they found is that as the meeting starts to close, 
People are getting anxious about, will this meeting end on time? Will I be able to sign off and sign on in 60 seconds? And, oh, I have to go to the bathroom too. And all of these stressors. And we also need to take notes. Like I I do 45-minute coaching calls so that I have 15 minutes to then take notes, send the email, do what I need to do before my next client. Because if I'm waiting until my next break, because I had back-to-back meetings, I've forgotten, you know, what that is. And so I really recommend, like, when we go into companies and do consulting about their meeting culture, that's, like, an easy one. An easy one. (laughs) And when I do trainings, I just had to explain to somebody today, they said, we want you for a 90-minute training. And I said, I do 80 minutes. I'll do 80 minutes. And they were like, but we want 90. I'm like, nope, they're going to get a bathroom break. They, I, I do 80, 75, 80 minutes, but I'm not going to do 90 because I saw their schedule. And yeah. I said, I'm not going to go back to back. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I it's think so. it even, what I really appreciate about that 45 minutes where you, because as soon as I'm like, oh yeah, I'll give you this and that. And I'm like, okay, when am I going to give that? Because, right. and it's also, so it allows a completion which then I feel more relaxed and it gives me a chance to context switch. Okay, now this is a whole different topic that I've got to go to and get my brain wrapped around the new meeting that's happening. I even think of like in coaching, sometimes someone will say, but this was supposed to be an hour session. It's not 15 minutes that I'm going to write something out or 10 minutes. I do 10, not 15. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's actually going to be part of your coaching because it's things you committed to doing. It's the follow-up at the end. It's not like you're really getting less. (laughs) You're just getting what you're getting. Otherwise, you won't get that. And that's actually an important part for you to be able to space out where even, your even commitments. Have them digesting yeah. Yeah. what you just oh, talked yeah. about. And that gives them, because they typically are in a company that has back-to-back meetings, that gives them the 15 minutes to let it sink in what we talked about. Or if they yeah. have actions or just like yesterday, I met with somebody and we ended up blocking out some days for something I call design days for like the rest of the year. and she had that time to block that out on her calendar. Otherwise, it would have been back here in the back of her brain and she'd have to like trying to remember it mm-hmm. you know, until she had a break. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then I see you picking up your planner. It's got paper, which I'm a big fan of paper, but you, I know a lot of people are not, but I think you said you have this digitally and paper. Can you say more about that? Yes. All of my tasks, all of our projects, we run everything at Raider Co. and ClickUp. So we are not anti-tech at all. We are very pro-tech. But when it comes to something like reflection and prioritizations and things, there's nothing like writing. There is just nothing like writing. And it does something different in your brain. So we have a paper version. That was the original. But then we also have a digital version, but it's not like an editable PDF where you're typing in it. It's more for people who use like note-taking apps like with stylus or that they can write. So they're still getting that um, feeling of writing. Yeah, I love that. Perfect. That's yeah. good. Yeah. There was, I did have one other thing okay. just from my watching your video because I really did appreciate the whole idea of with change. This is what I took away from it. You really have to break it down slowly. And that most people make assumptions that, okay, I'm going to give up. I mean, you were talking about sugar, but yeah. I think, but the idea, I really liked how you were saying, like taper it off, tapered, not say you're going to suddenly give up sugar, but like you went one pump at Starbucks at a time or something. Yeah. Really don't do more than you think you can do and do it slowly. Is what I took away. Is that? Yes. 
Yes. The changing a habit in 21 days is a myth. It was a study that was misquoted and it will never die (laughs) thinking that it's 21 days. And so a lot of times if people feel, if they haven't reached their goal, they feel like they've failed. And behavior change, the amount of time it takes depends on how long that behavior has been ingrained. Did we grow up doing this? And how often we do this behavior, the social cues around it, there's a lot to think about. And so if we do it in steps, we're allowing ourselves to win along the way. And I really, I like the, I like calling it experiment even better because a scientist, if they're running an experiment, then we can only hypothesize like what the outcome is going to be or feel like or look like. And sometimes it's just, it's not what we thought. And one example is if you're somebody who says, I'm going to get up every morning at 530 and I'm going to (laughs) exercise. If you are not a morning person, then that means maybe you are drinking three times as much coffee throughout the day. And that's not a healthier, but also maybe like my husband is a professional musician. So he doesn't get home until late sometimes. The earliest he gets home is 8 p.m. And so if I went to bed too early, I wouldn't see him. Mm-hmm. And so I, I may not have thought that all the way through. Oh, that actually doesn't, that goal actually doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for my lifestyle right now, but it doesn't mean I failed. I just experimented. I, okay, I see that this, I don't see my husband and I'm jacked up on caffeine all day. So I need to rethink this. And uh, I would love for people to be more um, thoughtful about their goal setting Mm -hmm. and also be kinder They don't reach their goal because it may have been that it just wasn't, the protocol wasn't set up properly. I really like how you're giving people permission to make it work for them and break it down. Because I think sometimes I know I grew up like, oh, you're weak if you don't do it versus how can I make this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) How can I make this work for me? And the experiment, like trying, okay, that doesn't work. Let's try this. Let's try that. And it, there's so much more self-compassion, which I think cultivating that is really healthy and re- creates more resilience mm-hmm. in changes. Yeah. yeah. And every time we, for that, and exercise is an easy one to talk about because a lot of people have exercise goals, but every time we try something and it doesn't work, we're just finding out what doesn't work. We're still getting closer to finding out what does. That's right. a great way to reframe right. it. I love that. Marcy, I could geek out on your stuff. I love all your stuff. And but I'm it's, talking to you, but other tips that you want to give our listeners before we wrap up. Don't take your company to bed with you. <laughs> or wake up with it in your bed. Or wake up with don't wake up with your company. Yes. It is one tip. For travel, it's the binder clips. For everything else, don't take your company to bed with you. Let yourself have the the first part of your day without email. I love that. I love that. And even that email is always somebody else's agenda. Yes. Email is another person's agenda. Something that you can do first that you can check off the box and feel accomplished. I love that. How can people get a hold of you? We are at helloraderco.com and the playbook is helloraderco.com forward slash playbook. And it is in the 10 years that I have been in business, I am the most proud of it. 
Okay. We're checking it out. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Marcy. All right. It's been great. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Susan here. As a coach, a lot of my time is spent helping clients speak up in a direct and honest way in their relationships at home and at work. Chris Marie and I decided to create a speak up kit to help you do that for yourself. It's the best of our best work that we've gathered to help you. To learn more, go to thriveinc.com forward slash speak up. That's www.thriveinc.com forward slash S-P-E-A-K-U-P.